We have a new president-elect, and uh, we celebrate today uh, for where we are at. And you know what I'm going to do about it? I'm going to pray for him as much as I prayed for the past presidents, because that's what the Bible says to do. Amen? So we, we honor that position, and speaking of honor, today that's my subject title, honor. Everyone say honor. Honor. And as we're getting started, we're going to uh, ask that our youth group to go ahead and be dismissed at this time. I know that some may be out there already, but don't we love our youth? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and my question about honor today is this. How do you honor someone who is dishonorable? The question is, how do you honor someone who's a card-carrying jerk? And some of you are thinking at somebody at honorable. Now, I get that. It's pretty simple to honor honorable people, isn't it? It's very easy to do that. But what if they're dishonorable? And that, that's the question. What about when someone is treating you badly? How, and they're in leadership roles, maybe at work or at school. How, how do you do this? Things actually go better with honor, don't they? Honor means high respect and great esteem. Marriages go better with honor. Can I get a good amen? That was pretty good. Uh, families go better with honor. Can I get a good amen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Companies go better with honor. Schools, I know I'm going to get a good amen on this one. Schools go better with honor. Government goes better with honor. Everything actually goes better with honor. And today, I want to ask the question, how do you honor somebody that's not very honorable? And God puts us around irregular people. Have you ever bought clothing that was irregular? And you get it home and you see that there's a flaw, right? That's why it was cheaper. And so, God challenges us to honor people who may not be very honorable. And so today I want to talk about a couple people in the Bible out of the Old Testament, how this one moved from the top to the bottom with dishonor, and how one moved from the bottom to the top, to a place of honor. If I honor something, I actually put value on it. And today I want to talk, first of all, of King Saul. Everyone say King Saul. He's the king of Israel. He was anointed, he was appointed, and what I want you to remember is while the people crowned Saul, God was anointing David. Never forget that. I think that's a good truth. Scholars believe that Saul was six feet, six inches tall, that he would have had long flowing black hair, that he was very handsome. Um, He had a lot of good about him. Saul, though, slowly descended into dishonor. He had these dings of dishonor. So in 1 Samuel 13, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking there. Saul does something that's very sad. Uh, He has a son named Jonathan, and Jonathan defeated the Philistines, and it was a crazy victory. And instead of showing Jonathan honor, you know what he did? Saul had the trumpet blow, stole ounce that Saul had won the battle, not Jonathan. He stole 
Jonathan's honor, his own son. I mean, this is bad. So we're, we're looking at ego, aren't we? We're looking at pride, and he's, he's taking the credit for someone else's success. And he has this inability to honor someone who deserves it. Wow. Honor is easy to receive, isn't it? We love it when people honor us, but it's difficult to give it when somebody else got the victory and somebody else got the sale and somebody, you know what I'm talking about, when somebody else did better than you. You know what happened? Saul honored Saul. That's pretty much it. Saul honored Saul. Self, this self-absorption, um, this narcissistic kind of thinking. Saul's involved in this. Everything evolved around Saul. A little ding of dishonor here, a little over here. No big deal. Oh, but the Bible talks about it. In fact, I want to give you a word. Mismosh. Mosh. Say that with me. Mismosh. There's something that happened at Mismosh. Some of you, you're saying, my brain is Mismosh. No, it's not. You're good. But Saul was waiting to take on the Philistines. And he had one thing to do. He had one thing to do. And it was the wait for the man of God, the prophet of God to come and make this animal sacrifice. That's all he had to do before he sent his troops into battle. But Saul began to look around when he thought that the prophet of God was not coming on time and resources began to slip away. His men began to leave him in disrespect and he, it felt like dishonor. And so he took matters into his own hands. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been in a situation like that? I mean, you're the man, you're the woman, and yet resources are slipping away. How many has ever felt that in your life? How many would be honest and say, yeah, that's that's happened to me. You feel like people are kind of turning on you at work. They're talking about you. And all you had to do was just this one thing. And this is what Saul did. He had one thing. To wait for the man of God to have an animal sacrifice before he went to war. You know what happened. Paul decided, well, since the man of God's not coming, I will dishonor God. And I won't do what he told me to do. I'm just not going to do it. Because I, I see all this happening. My men are leaving. Resources are going. And so he made the sacrifice himself. Which he was not supposed to do. He was not anointed for that. That wasn't his job. And while the fires were still, while the embers were still slightly red, guess who shows up? The prophet of God, Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 11. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me. What have you done? Asked Samuel. Now in Texas language, that's, what are you grilling? That's kind of like what happened what have you done asked samuel saul replied now get this when i saw everyone say i saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time 
and that the Philistines were assembling at Mismosh, I thought, everybody say, I thought. I saw, I thought. I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not, they say, I the Lord's favor. So, I felt, oh, everybody say, I felt. I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. Did you catch those three? I saw, I thought, I felt. These are the steps that we take when we descend into dishonor. If there's an honor problem, you have an order problem. Because you have not put God first in your life. Saul put himself first over that of God. I saw what was happening. I I was losing the sale. I thought maybe I should jump in and steal the sale from my partner over here. And I felt he would understand. Let's put it in your language, right? That was Saul's. I saw. I thought. I felt. Why did he do this? Because? Because we put our feelings over God's word. I want you to catch that. You can't put your feelings above God's word. The the Bible does not talk a lot about feelings. And yet our culture ODs on feelings. I love Carol Burnett. <laughs> she sings a song, Feelings. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Feel, you've got to look that up and watch it. Google it. It's hilarious. No, it's feelings, but she's talking about feelings in your teeth. But anyway, our culture ODs over. Some of you, you're probably doing it right now. Don't do it right now. You're in the house of God. Well, how does that make you feel? Well, how do you feel? Do you feel this way? You know, the Bible doesn't talk a lot about feelings, but it talks a whole lot about obedience. Obedience. First Samuel 13, we, we see that Saul did not obey God. He did not wait. He, I saw, I thought, I felt. The secret to honoring God is obey, is obedience. But Saul's all about dishonor. He's, he's just thinking about himself. Actually, you know what he did? He elevated himself above God. You know somebody else did that and got kicked out of heaven. And God, God's pretty serious about this. And then there's another battle. So if that wasn't bad enough, there's another battle with the Amalekites. Everybody say Amalekites. Yeah. Amalekites, look that up. That's your homework. Look up about these people. They were godless warriors. They're actually from, they're from Esau's lineage. And you know, Jacob and Esau, Esau was the hunter. And uh, this, this is when things were getting crazy. Saul is fighting these worse than termite people. And God says, wipe all of them out for what they did to Israel. 
and, and this is God, God's like, just wipe them all out. They're, they're mean. They're bad, bad Leroy Browns is who they are. And God said, wipe them out. Saul almost did everything. He almost wiped all of them out, but he saved King Ahab, I believe his name is, and he also saved some of the best of the animals so he could sacrifice them to the Lord, quote, unquote. You might want to write this down. Partial obedience is still still disobedience. Partial obedience is still disobedience. He was supposed to wipe all of them out and the animals, and he didn't do it. He saved the king, and he saved some of the choice of animals. How many today are married? Would you just slip your hand up? How many are married today? Okay. Let me ask you a question. What if you said, honey, I have been 95% faithful to you. (laughs) You think that would fly? You think that's going to work? Don't think so. No, that you can't be 95% into your marriage. You got it. It's 100-100. It's not 50-50. It's 100-100. Can I get a good amen? Amen. It's not going to work to be partially obedient in your marriage. And here we see the Amalekites, and Saul failed again. One more time, he failed again. And the man of God comes on the scene. Here comes Samuel. He's a Saul in 1 Samuel 15. He says, Saul, you messed up again. You acted foolishly. God said to wipe all of them out, and you didn't. You kept some for yourself, like King Agag, and the best of the animals. He said, I still hear the animals that you saved. More deeds of dishonor. Everything revolving around Saul. And you know what happened? God rejected Saul as king at that point. And now we see Saul slipping into depression. Saul's down. This gifted, handsome, this fighter, he's articulate. And he has descended into dishonor. Do you realize he should have been the one to fight Goliath? He's six foot, six inches tall. He's probably the tallest of the Israelites. He's the one with the sword and the armor, right? He's the one that should have fought. And yet, here comes shepherd boy David, the second person I want to talk about. Shepherds on a job scale, they're at the very bottom in that culture. You couldn't really get any lower than being a shepherd. And here comes shepherd boy David, who God says, I see a king. When everyone else sees a shepherd boy, you know the story. Saul, a king. And here comes David, and he takes out Goliath. You know the story. He fights the battle that Saul should have fought. And King Saul descends again. David should have been exalted, but because of Saul's depression, and he knows 
he's not going to be king anymore. And here comes David, who's been anointed to be king. So Saul looks at David with dishonor. And David, wow, he's, he's rescued the Israelites. This teenager, this warrior, this musical genius, who I'm sure Beethoven is from his line, his lineage. He has to be. Just kidding. I mean, this, this guy who can do anything, this good-looking, handsome shepherd boy, saves Israel And Saul has the gall. How's that? The gall of Saul. To invite David to the palace because he's depressed. And he brings David in to play some music to lift up his spirits. And Saul, not one time, not two times, but three times, takes his spear and throws it at David. And it's like, he's a ninja. And he moves out of the way. And Saul doesn't kill him. And here is David, and and David could have taken that spear and hurled it right back at him. I mean, David was a Navy SEAL on steroids. But check this out. Check this out. He couldn't even think about dishonoring the anointed of God. Couldn't even think about it. He couldn't wrap his mind about disrespecting him. You know what David did? He brought honor back. He brought it back. What do you do when people throw spears at you? Pastor, I don't like that question. I understand. I don't like it either. What do you do when people throw spears at you? David brought honor back. I know in my life, people have been disrespectful to me, talked about me like a dog. I know they talk about some of you the same way. You know what we do? We just honor them anyway. We smile, we shake hands, we're polite. We don't have to be best friends. But we bring the next turn back. You bring honor back. David knew he was going to be the next king. And the last thing he wanted to do was reap something that he did to somebody else. Saul gets crazy. Crazy herb may be the better word. He takes 3,000 of his best soldiers and then he begins to chase David. Now it's bad enough that he tried to kill him three times with the spear. But now Saul is so jealous and so depressed and he knows he's going to lose his kingdom. And here's David rising up in power and he's going to be the new king. He takes 3,000 of his best soldiers and he chases David and he tries to kill him again. And David is hiding in the Dead Sea region. It's a place called En-Gedi. En-Gedi. And if you look that up, you, you actually they can, you can take tours of that area. And it, 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 I'll tell you, when I Googled it this week, it kind of reminded me of, of Lake Travis. You know, all the rock and there's little caves that you can hide in. And these little streams off of it. And that's kind of like what I got from that. And David and some of his guys were hiding. And I don't know why the Bible tells us this. But Saul had to go to the restroom and David sees it. And um, I just don't have a clue why that's in there. But it is. 
just saying. This, you need to read this. There's some good stuff in here and there's some funny stuff too. And David and, and his men are there and they're going, ha ha, we got him. He, we, can, we can kill him. Pants on the ground, pants on the ground, feeling like a fool with your pants on the ground. Sorry. That was a good video. But you know what? When Saul was asleep, you know what David did? He could have killed him. He could have killed Saul right there. But you know what he did? He chopped a little bit of his robe off of the edge. Because David wanted to say, I could have killed you, but I didn't. I feel conviction, don't you? David brought honor back. I want to tell you, and never forget this, and I know this is kind of negative, but the people you probably trust the most are willing to pick up a spear and throw it at you if they get mad enough, if they get depressed enough. Isn't that a sad truth? The, the very one that helped you exist and killed Goliath for you and saved the entire nation of Israel. And here you are, you take 3,000 of your men and you try to kill David now. And David would not do it. I'm talking about maybe an ex-spouse. Ooh, pastor, don't go there. Or how about someone who spread rumors about you that weren't true? And this is when it gets tough. What about those who abused you or took advantage of you? And this is real, isn't it? This, this is when you get down to the nitty gritty. And you know what David did? He said, I, I don't want to reap this. I, I remember my parents telling me as a young man, victory, victory shall be mine. If I hold my peace, let the Lord fight my battles. And what do we want to do? Now, we, we don't have to get soft. We don't have to run away. But there's sometimes you just got to bring it to the Lord and let him fight your battles. Because the last thing you want to do is reap that. And David brought honor back. And then Saul's camping at Ziph. He's camping on a desert floor. He's asleep again. And he's still trying to kill David. And he's lying in the middle of the desert with his spear and all of his men around him. And, and David is, is like a cat, man. He, he sneaks up. And I, the dude is bad, man. He's, he's awesome. And once again, David's response. 1 Samuel 26, verse 9. Don't destroy Saul. Don't destroy him. For who can lift a hand against the Lord's anointed and be blameless? David added, as the Lord lives, the Lord will certainly strike him down. You know what he's saying? I gave him to God. This is God's deal. God will take care of him at the appointed time. Either his day will come and he will die or he will go into battle and perish. And that's exactly what happened. What was David trying to say? I'm giving him to God. I'm just going to give this situation to God. The person that's messed you around, the person that took advantage of you, the person that ripped you off financially, the person that you helped win, 
They exist because of you. And they threw a spear at you. I'm going to tell you, God will take care of them. And quoting my mother-in-law, Dolores Blackstock, God keeps good records. Some of you keep pretty good records too. You probably shouldn't. But God keeps good records. I'm going to give this to God. If I hold my peace, let the Lord fight my battles. Victory. It will always, always be mine. Give it to God. You know what you do? You don't have to honor the person, but you can honor the position of the person. Can I get a good amen? And reading on, and this is, this is where I want to close. David said, however, because of the Lord. However, because of the Lord. I will never lift my hand against the Lord's anointed. I love that phrase. However, because of the Lord. That's convicting, isn't it? Because I was disrespectful to God. Horrible. And he went to a cross and died a horrible death. When I was in sin and I was loving it, loving sin, Christ died for me. However, because of the Lord. Would you say that with me? Because of the Lord. Because God is Lord and I am not. I want to tell you this. Justin, would you come at this time? If he is not Lord of everything, then he's not Lord of anything. And that's just the way it goes. It's that 95% faithfulness in your marriage. He either... now, And, and I know, we're humans. We're going to make mistakes. Granted, and that's why he shed blood. And that's why there's grace. Aren't you thankful for grace? I'm so thankful for grace. But Jesus has got to be Lord of your life. Or he's not Lord at all. He, he's got to be Lord of over everything. Well, Lord, you know I've got this one thing I don't want anybody to know about. I got this one secret addiction. I got this one thing. I'm good on all the others. Just that 5%, God. I'm good with everything. It's just that this little bitty 5%. Here's my question to you today. Are you going to let 5% of your mess be a God? Don't do that. Give God everything. He already knows about your 5% that you've been hiding. Because he was right here with you when you did it. And he loved you anyway. And he loves me anyway. And it's that prodigal son syndrome when you finally come to your senses, 
Some of us have finally come to our senses. And I can't save myself. God can only save me. And aren't you glad you can say, I'm saved and I know that I am? I didn't have a thing to do with it. But I strive for perfection, the Bible says. That means I'm obedient to what he tells me to do. And all of you get an A today for being in the house of God. You are obedient to God's word that says, don't forsake the assembling. Even in COVID-19, yeah. Wear your mask if you need to. If you want. There's not judgment here if you're going to sit here and wear a mask and sing. In fact, you might even sound better. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Martin, you and I have got to have a talk, brother. You and I got to have a talk. I'm kidding you. What happened to Saul? He died at an early age, actually. He didn't get to invest in his children's lives. He actually died, and, and he, his kingdom was taken away. But the Bible's very serious about honor. And when we dishonor God and we dishonor others, you're actually playing... Have you ever heard the term Russian roulette? Yeah, that's... We're facing chaos is what we're doing. We're facing destruction. That word, I love that word, because because of the Lord. It's See, this isn't about Saul versus David or, or David versus Saul. You know what it's about? It's about Saul versus Saul and David versus David. That's what it's about. And the battle is over honor. And it's the same in your spiritual walk. It's about honor. There's no... We either honor one or the other. There's no in-between. In fact, if you're lukewarm, God said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. You're either all in or you're not in at all. Today, I want to encourage you to be all in. Are you ready to give honor back? One of my favorite singers still is to this day, even though she's gone on to be with the Lord is Whitney Houston. And she was in a movie called The Preacher's Wife. And she sings this song that says, I love the Lord. He heard my cry. And he pitied every groan. So as long as I live, and as long as troubles rise, I'll hasten to his throne. So I end this message today because a friend of mine this week committed suicide and he was a preacher. It's like a kick in the gut. Full of... I went to college with him He was so fun to be around, full of life. And he cut his purpose too soon. But I still honor Keith. I still honor the anointing that's in his life. 
I still honor the friend. I still honor, even though I, I, I don't know everything, I don't understand every situation. It's been a tough week. And a pastor friend of mine, that I, he used to come to my dad's church, and he's, he has a prophecy ministry, and his name was Irvin Baxter. He died this week of COVID. It's been a tough week, and I don't understand everything. I don't get it. But you know what I do? I hasten to his throne. Why? Because I love the Lord. And I honor him. And as hard as our days may be, and I'm going to tell you, there could be even more days ahead of us. We don't know what the future holds for any of us. Some of you have had horrible, horrible life experiences. However, because of the Lord, Jesus, I honor you.